1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast Horseman. Back in the 20s, we reviewed a very famous. TV
2: show. <laughs> Welcome indeed to Podcast Horseman, the BoJack Horseman podcast, a spoiler-free episode-by-episode audio review podcast of the critically acclaimed Netflix series BoJack Horseman. I'm Michael Hamflit. And I'm Adam Nicholas. And as we say at the beginning of this show all the time with Michael Hamflit's
0: lovely happy face, call us the front of the plane (laughs) because we are all business to begin with. As always, follow us on social media. You can find at Podcast Horseman on both Twitter and Instagram. Thank you to everybody who's followed and liked and shared so far. We continue
2: to enjoy your support and thank you for everything you've done for us. Michael, when it comes to anything podcast related, where can they find us? They can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, they can find us on Acast, they can even find the podcast embedded on the tweets, at Podcast Horseman. Um, And later on the episode we're going to be revealing the latest person to enter the Hollywood talk of fame for leaving us a five star review.
0: Lovely stuff, but Let's get straight into this episode and let's begin where we always begin at the Netflix synopsis. This is episode seven, season one, and it's called Say Anything. Bojack sabotages himself with an epic bender. Princess Carolyn's agency merges with another. And I think the best way to sum this one up is a bit of chaos is probably fair.
2: Uh, It's the order of the day. So (laughs) it's... This is one of those episodes, and it's kind of the first time we've encountered this so far in the story of BoJack, where the ancillary character is starting to take a greater role Mm. in the show. Uh, We'll start with classic BoJack, as we always do, but I feel like this is going to be more of a shared episode. Uh, We open with Princess Carolyn giving BoJack a sincere yet entirely overblown pep talk, akin to what we've seen her do in prior episodes um, but it all ends up being, so get the hell off my lawn. The <laughs> usual sort of yeah. pep, you're a, you're a great, you're somebody that can be a somebody, Is just really to get BoJack off the front of her house because he's been on a bender for two weeks since Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter got engaged. Uh, we get a series of brilliant cutaway jag- gags here where there's an old fella that's been with him that's just been on the drink <laughs> with the stereotypical bottle of booze in a bag that he repeatedly refers to as John Stamos. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At one uh, glance, even an animated version of this man you know it's not John Stamos.
2: <laughs> it's great because there's this graduating level of danger that him and John Stamos keep finding on this bender. <laughs> um, he finds himself crying, naked, and at her office, talking about him drowning while night swimming, him crawling <laughs> on the floor. John Stamos is dead. This it's is not,
0: not before they both got Sharon Pearson's as well.
2: <laughs> Where he's about to reveal he's got an A Pearson, but of course he pulls back. and That's not your ear, pal. Um. In a sort of effort, really, just to try and get him back on the rails, because this is how good Princess Carolyn is. She makes him the face of Gutenbergen, the urban German bourbon. <sighs> Take a breath. It's easy for you to say. Um, she reveals that he takes up 80% of her time and earns 0% of her money. And that's why she wants to get on that job pretty quick. Um, but she has to pie him off straight away because she's got a meeting with Lenny, Turtletop. Uh, so she puts Todd in charge. Todd at this point is revealed to have been on the bender with Bojack because Bojack had made him his designated driver, but then Todd had started drinking as well. Um, at the prospect of Todd being given some responsibility by Princess Carolyn, he vomits everywhere. <laughs> which <tees laughs> Hooray!
0: Responsibility!
2: <laughs> um, and then Bojack sort of in a moment of i don't know like sort of looking for realization questions if she really means all that stuff she says when she does pep talk and she just replies with i'm an agent i believe everything i say it's a wonderful way
0: of saying no but yes if that's what makes you feel good and i can't i think you've kind of undersold this pep talk a little bit unless you're saving it for a bit more of an in-depth dive but
2: this is this is textbook princess Carolyn. this pep talk it's what she has in her locker for all um, occasions, I suppose. We've seen this already mm. so far in Bojack Horseman where Princess Carolyn is is trying to be all things and uh, she, it's, it's very much like a, a drill sergeant would do. It's about sort of getting somebody up and at them no matter what low ebb they might be at yeah. and it's clear that having spent time with Bojack Horseman, she's experienced a fair few of these low ebbs. Indeed. Um, we start the episode proper or really the next time we see Bojack Horseman, he's been getting progressively more drunk on Bourbon. So the thing that was supposed to be a career opportunity for him he's just turned into an extension of the bender that he started since Diane and peanut butter got engaged. Uh, <laughs> Princess <laughs> Carolyn, because this is all at her office, asks, "Well, how can you possibly be doing this? It's a, it's just like a prop." He says, "Yeah, it's. I realised it was fake bourbon, so I based it with real bourbon." <laughs> uh, <laughs> he is on a self-destructive tear. Classic tragic Borja. Mm. He's uh, he's in such denial about his feelings for Diane that he's trying to convince himself that he's in love with Princess Carolyn. That's how he's found his way back to her office. Um, Interestingly, she's unmoved by his affections for her, but she, noticeably she rubbishes his affection for Diane as well. Uh, Princess Carolyn says to Bojack, you just think you are because you pay her to listen to her talk about yourself. Mm. So what he is perceiving as love is maybe just the fact that she's his memoirist and she has to be there. There's also
0: maybe just a little bit of an overflow from last week's episode where mm. we kind of saw still harbors, she harbours a little flame for him still, whether she likes to admit it or not. And she was very envious of Diane being in the situation where Bojack had just falling another that
2: the jealousy is creeping out rather yes. than being quite apparent Slowly because Princess is desperately trying to suppress that for the mm. good of her career and that indeed. Um Comes up here, she sort of specifies that she can't be his agent or and his girlfriend as Bojack has made these advances towards her. It's quite brilliantly uh, put across through a series of cutaway gags that reveals that Bojack follows this pattern with Princess Carolyn every single time he gets himself in bother. um A series of increasingly desperate and awful situations <laughs> finds Bojack in prison for hiding cocaine. Um, There's a a great little reference where he's just head to toe in bandages in a hospital. And we just hear him about to say, sneeze on Marissa Tomei. And then it cuts back to the office. (laughs) So this remains this dark checkpoint in his past that keeps coming back to haunt him. Um, But yes, that's when she says that she can't be his agent and his girlfriend. Um, She boots him out the office, but he insists on sticking around. He hijacks an important call, leaves a cardboard bojack, which is set to... Uh, give out phrases from her favorite film, Jerry Maguire. That is just <laughs> going to be there as a constant presence in her office, which is obviously a bit of a allegory for Bojack himself. Mm. Even when he's not around, he's just up in her way, up in her business, a constant difficulty that she can't quite shake off. Even when she wants to, there exists this version of him this
0: version with the motion sensor cardboard sign that goes off every time she walks past it
2: she in a lovely a, a sort of vintage Bojack one liner um, she makes a point that she needs him out of the way because she's got this film that she's working on with Lenny Turtle Top we'll get to sort of her story a bit more later on in the review Um and she says she needs to find a new director and he says you could find my new director. Oh, man. It's it's a guilty puff. It is. Isn't it? It's, it's one such of, an easy, lazy joke, but yeah. it's very good. And it's very in keeping with, obviously, Princess Carolyn desperately trying to keep the relationship professional. Yes. And Bojack not wanting to do that. And Bojack finds a way out for her. He works around her saying that she can't be both by sacking her. As uh, his agent, and just saying, Oh, well, I want you to be my girlfriend again. Let's date. Now I've he's not my agent anymore. That's his way of thinking of that he's going to solve the problem. Uh, he employs Vanessa Gecko, a rival that has suddenly found a way into Princess Carolyn's life. We will discuss that further shortly. Um, she's hassled by the decision that Bojack's made, but he convinces her to go for a date in Elephante, mentions amongst other things that he's bought the restaurant so they can pretty much get whatever they want, (laughs) which is a nice call back to when he was complaining about having to pay for the amount of bread he'd eaten when we saw them on a date there, I think all the way back in the pilot. And obviously bought in the last episode when he and Mr. Butter were having
0: the sort of (laughs) pissing contest, if you will, over Diane's affection in Elephante.
2: It's nice that that dreadful decision he's made. somehow paid
0: off. Yet another one
2: has stuck, but he's trying to make the Mm. best of it now. Um, The date goes wellish. She... Finds herself gradually being charmed by all the things that she used to like about him in the first place. Uh, Bojack, after a bit of prodding, convinces her to go for gelato and for a nice walk on the beach. Mm -hmm. Put the feet in the sea, all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And she goes to freshen her whiskers. She's really keen on this idea. Um, But while she's in the bathroom, she takes a very tough phone call. I'm going to come back to the contents of that later because we're going to go into a bit of detail on Princess Carolyn's day. Um, But ultimately, in spite of the bad news that she takes on that call, she's just too happy to go and be happy. The Mm. thing that Bojack has pitched her is something she's very keen to do. Just have a nice time away from the work, away from some of the professional stresses that have existed in their relationship in the past. So she finishes uh, preparing her whiskers. She goes back out into the restaurant. But in the meantime, uh, Bojack, who has been waiting outside for his car to come from Valet, has received a phone call Mm. from Herb Kazaz. Uh, We've seen in the exchanges with Herb and Bojack thus far through a series of flashbacks that they never start well. So Bojack's very first words to Herb were, get cancer, jerkwad. And then we've since learned that he has indeed gotten cancer. Uh, Herb, (laughs) as Bojack answers the phone, says, ruin any lives lately, asshole. It's toxic. It's toxic. it's it's a toxic relationship but it's one that bojack has felt the need to try and address he's made the call herb has finally returned it um but herb isn't giving him the easy way out he asks bojack to come and see him in malibu um to face up to the consequences of some of his actions and say whatever it is that he wants to say to his dying face bojack is completely rattled as you can imagine he panics a little bit on the spot but agrees that he's going to come and see him And then immediately and brutally rejects Princess Carolyn as she has come out ready and waiting to maybe give love and give happiness another shot. Um, He does it rather immediately, to be honest. He says the call has pulled him back into the reality that she was trying to explain to him earlier on in the Mm. episode, which is two lonely people trying to hate ourselves a little less. A little bit less. Right at the point that she has tried to find love in this relationship again. He doesn't even give her a ride home. He just drives away into the night to go and do whatever it is he needs to do to confront this Herb situation. Of course, of course. That's what you get when you fall for a horse. Oh, poor Princess Caroline. Um The last thing we get of Bojack in this episode is that he rings Princess Carolyn. A couple of days have passed. Um, he's asking for work and she reminds him that she's not his agent. Um, and that's it. He's going, he's going to see her. We will get on to more of that later because things are a little, about to get a little bit darker. It's been tricky, this episode, to review Bojack's life because this has mainly been a Princess Carolyn episode, the first of its kind in this review. Indeed. Um, and in this season. Yeah. let be honest, overall. It's the first time a character has taken center stage. We will get to Todd normally. We would obviously just see what all the other characters have been up to. But really, even the actions of Bojack have been through the lens of Princess Carolyn. Mm. So it's more easier to kind of talk about classic Carolyn here. Her episode starts where classic she meets... Classic Carolyn. Yeah, that. having that because I'm sure we'll come back to that again in the future. Yep. Her episode starts where she meets up with um, film director Lenny Turtletop. <laughs> Lenny Turtletop, you skinny bitch, how are you? <laughs> is her way to sort of introduce herself to him over a relationship. They have the now familiar diner, um, which already kind of implies that she's needing to stay on his good side. There's a bit of Hollywood power dynamic between the mm. two there because we've got one old rich, I was going to say old rich white guy, yeah. old rich turtle and he, he'd a, be a younger white guy. female If he was agent. a guy, he'd be a white guy, but he happens to be a turtle in this scenario. They are at least sharing good news because they've got uh, Zach uh, Zach Braff for an Eva Braun movie, which was apparently the (laughs) big steal. That was the one. That was the one. That was what was going to get this off the ground. Um, But when she walks back to her office, obviously in quite a celebratory mood, she finds utter chaos. Um, there, (laughs) There has been redundancies of promotions at the very same time due to a merger with another agency. Um, including, as we'll find out, her rival, Vanessa Gecko. She talks about how she is a bug-eyed, slithery lizard. It's a good set this. Who is human? Who is a human. Um, she describes, basically, as much as she possibly
0: can, a lizard. <laughs> to which we see the inversion of the humans as animals, where we get animals as humans. She is Brilliant. just
2: the cruelest version of herself is a human a being. Human, We've actually heard about Vanessa Gecko once before, mm-hmm. because this is the agent Andrew Garfield signed with, with when Princess Carolyn was trying to... Uh, Get to her through sarah lynn mm-hmm. so there's almost a little bit of karmic justice against princess carolyn not being quite so nice earlier on in the show absolutely she tried underhanded tactics
0: didn't she she mm. tricked sarah lynn into signing with gecko so she could free up andrew garfield for herself obviously highlighted just how far back maybe this rivalry between the two has gone and now here she
2: is on a doorstep gecko though if we were ever to be in doubt on who was the character to sympathize with and who was the one to loathe, we are told straight away that it's Vanessa Gecko. they fake pleasantries, but Gecko talks about her husband of 15 years, her three kids, how she cooks hot dinners and then comes to work and then just says, oh, you really can have it all. And she does so psycho, Michael. She does soul cycle. soul cycle. Who could be a bad egg who does soul cycle? You could be arsed awesome, with soul cycle. <laughs> uh, but a mother of three. and <laughs> She then puts it to Princess Carolyn, How old are your children again? And then when mm. Princess Carolyn says she hasn't got any, she does that awful, condescending little happen, lets the yep. line linger about her. You're age. still. Oh, it's mm. really awful, awful stuff. It's it, obviously, as you point out, this catty w- from the get go, isn't it? <laughs> it is indeed. There has been a long standing rivalry between the two but Gecko isn't going yet for the work. She's going for the personal. Yes. And that's where the cruelty is established for other things that are maybe to come later in this episode. Their infighting is interrupted by the boss of the Vigor Agency, Mr. Witherspoon. He's a frog. Uh, (laughs) He's a frog. (laughs) He just obviously tries to come between them, tries to create an element of competitiveness Mm. whilst not really being particularly bothered about the chaos that goes around him. He's fairly cold and immune to the fact that half the office is ready to kill themselves and half the office are in celebratory mood. Not being very helpful, really, is he? He Kind of,
0: (laughs) the way he alludes to it is, I think he even walks in and and calls her almost like a number, doesn't he? He says, "Um, new employee, one, or whatever he says, kind of thing, just to show you how much of a, disconnect and a cold heart this little frog actually has.
2: Well, it felt like, and it, this hasn't been the first, the commentary on power dynamics in Hollywood between mm. men, and, men women. and women. We've already seen Turtle Top be the one with all the power in the dynamic with Princess Carolyn. Now we have two very, very hard working women in the game that are trying. Powerful women as well. In the powerful women yeah. that are trying to keep up and then are reduced in an instant by their inept frog boss who has hired his inept frog son in the wake of loads of people losing their livelihoods. He's just able to get his son in through the front door because he can. And it's it's the, it's the played for comedy and it's played for big laughs, mm. but it's shining a light on Hollywood's ugly side.
0: I think it it's really well shines a light on that. If you've ever been part of a place where the, this has happened, where mm. redundancies have happened or there's been changed in the air through mergers or whatever, mm. it really, uh, this spoke to me quite well about the kind of chaotic environment. And yet there's just the normal narrative will continue through the middle of it because... That's how the world works, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, that's m- more powerful yeah. than any chaos. Yeah, really there will is. still be a rich, inept man controlling yeah. the lives and destinies of two very hard working and underserviced women. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, Princess Carolyn and Lenny Turtletop have lost Zach Braff in all the drama of all this. Um, <laughs> He's no Superman. There's a re- <laughs> very nice. There's a really cute gag where obviously because she's pitching an Eva Broad movie, you see her come out of a lift um, having had a meeting with Steven Spielberg over lunch, and is just covered in what appears to be spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> Makes a reference to her uh, assistant Laura, maybe not to try and get him in on a movie of such nature. Um, it's a cute throwaway gag, but uh, at this point. This is when she finds out that Bojack has been taken by Vanessa Gecko Mm. because the two plots are kind of happening all at the same time. Bojack, this is a Princess Carolyn episode and Bojack is an interruption to her episode as much as he is the character's life. Almost like Bojack is trying to...
0: There's like a meta level here where Bojack's trying to make the episode about him again. Yes, like he's trying to wrestle that
2: narrative back off Princess Carolyn. Even the though, plot.
0: even though it's her episode, he still keeps popping in, interjecting, trying to steal it back.
2: Yeah, which obviously we get through the very literal manifestation of him being a constant presence in the form of a cardboard yeah, got, version like, of himself. Just,
0: I need to be here in this. That's how much of a narcissist I am. <laughs> I have
2: to be in this room. At all times. What's the show called Princess Caroline? It's not it's <laughs> yeah. not called Princess Carolyn. Um, she's obviously really glad to be shot of Bojack as a I client. I would watch that show, by the way. For anybody else who's
0: out there might want to do a spin-off, I would watch Princess Carolyn the show.
2: Netflix, if you were listening, commission mm. that tomorrow. Damn right. Um, yeah, she's glad to be shot of uh, Bojack Horseman. Vanessa Gecko maybe doesn't realise what she's got in the form of him. And this manifests itself almost straight away in the paparazzi birds that we've had from the prior three episodes, yes. four episodes that have set up, we've had this quite big plot here that where they've took the pictures of Bojack and Sarah Lynn having sex. They've been trying to extort him, but they just can't you get You can't through. get a hold of him. But we've been trained to dread the eventual kind of coming together of this plot. And it looks like it's going to be a little W in the column for Princess Carolyn because mm-hmm. as soon as she gets shot of him, here they are ready to extort Vanessa Gecko Um for $150 each. I mean, it is each, Michael. <laughs> That's the first payoff. That's just ridiculous, isn't it? After all this, they were only going to want $150. Vanessa Gecko motions that she's going to write a check, but then notes that they didn't have a permit and could go to jail for blackmail and extortion. She basically effortlessly banters them off. And in doing so, banters off the entire tease, the entire narrative, the premise that we've been given to worry about over the past four or five episodes. Vanessa Gecko has done it. She's fixed it. She really can have it all. She's cooked those meals for her kids. She's made love to her beautiful husband of 15 years. And she's dealt with something that we, the viewer, have been worried about for seven or eight episodes. A real difficult issue in Bojack's life has just been dealt with. And she
0: does soul cycle, Michael. <laughs> I should also point out as well, this is a big victory. or certainly felt like a big victory for me in the episode because up until this point, despite Princess Carolyn's done a lot of things where she's tried to motivate Bojack, uh, to kind of get them out of his stupid and all this kind of thing. This is a big a big victory for the female narratives because this is the first time we see them really get to exert a strong amount of power. And uh, I was going to call her Princess Gecko there. <laughs> Vanessa Gecko just shuts these guys down immediately. Mm. And uh, I feel like that's a nice, a nice gesture of free will to show just how capable and how good at their jobs these women actually are.
2: It's a challenging balancing act. I think this mm. episode tries and ultimately succeeds in doing is having a hero and a villain between the women but not using the story to divide them. No, they're both better than every single person around them. Absolutely. And luckily for men in Hollywood, they get to stumble sometimes, literally ask backwards into opportunities by, for example, taking photocopies of their ties. Whereas oh, these women have to please. work doubly hard. And the system is what's dividing them, not their own like mm-hmm. unique and powerful abilities. Definitely. And I think that is a message that does cut through across the. Episode.
0: I think so. That you'll find they do a lot of this. They're fantastic at that with this show, where the underlying
2: message is there. You just got to look through all the jokes to find it. <laughs> it's at this point, obviously, that we meet. Um, so, uh, Vanessa Gecko's taken Princess Carolyn's assistant, Laura. So, there we meet Mr. Witherspoon's son, Charlie. He's a tree frog, which is important for lots of gags where he gets his hands stuck to everything. Of course. Um, Wonderfully voiced by uh, by Raphael Bob Waxberg as well. Who sounds like Mr. Meeksies yes, from it's fantastic. Rick and Morty. There's such a. I think it plays to just how entirely useless he is. He is a profound failure at every single task required of him in this role and yet he's been given a job he's on the desk answering
0: phones which is the worst situation he could possibly be in where he has to physically pick something up every day and answer a call he's inept at answering phones and he can't put them down because they're <laughs> stuck to his hand
2: and yet free pass <laughs> after and free pass because after free daddy's pass little boy comes his way um so in the meantime anyway while uh, bojack has been hassling princess carolyn at the office he's lost the uh german bourbon contract it's been given to todd who happened to just deliver some lines on set so much so that they gave again they gave a white male, a job out of nothing, just speaking to other people mm-hmm. on the set. They thought, you're brilliant, you're wonderful at this, and he got the job. Uh, Princess Carolyn wasn't too bothered because she's going to get her 10% because she signed him up a couple of episodes ago. Um, but in the process uh, of having to get Todd back on his feet because he's been drinking the proper bourbon and not realized he's been getting hammered on it and turning it into a diva, she misses the Eva Braun meeting that Prin- that Vanessa Gecko had set up with Quentin Tarantellino to oh, do it instead. Oh, magical. Which is a magical cute one, isn't stuff. it? Um, Gecko steals the He's meeting. A tarantula. For anybody who's out there wondering, <laughs>
0: Quentin Tarantellino is
2: a tarantula. <laughs> he is a spider man. <laughs> um, Gecko steals the meeting. She steals Kate Blanchett, who was signed up to do it in the process, um, because they've connected about being working mothers. It's yep. again a reminder that Gecko really can have it all in this mm. case. Princess Carolyn's portfolio of actors and films. And this is all really because of BoJack, because had BoJack not been off the set, they wouldn't have had to give it to Todd, which wouldn't have had to send Princess Carolyn to Todd to clean him up, which would have meant she could have meant the meeting. All of this is a knock-on effect from BoJack Horseman, this like, like, dangerous yeah, influence. And most like. things in this show, if you get on
0: your little tracing finger and you follow the route back, you will find... Bojack is the problem.
2: (laughs) So we we flash back to the morning after the date where Bojack has really coldly rejected her. And uh, Princess Carolyn gives herself the pep talk that she's been giving Todd and giving Bojack and giving Sarah Lynn about being the workhorse robot. This is a reference to earlier in the episode where Bojack, doing a dreadful job of flirting, was trying to say, you're not working because you want to. You're working. No, you're not working because you have to. You're working because you want to. You're Mm. a robot. Beep, boop, beep, boop. She reframes that and just says that to herself in the mirror. You are a robot. Turns it from a negative into a positive. Yeah, I'm going to be... Because
0: she's Princess, goddamn. Carolyn and Michael, that's
2: why... She can the do this.
0: powerhouse of a human being. This uh, pep talk she gives herself in the mirror is just such a great little scene that we've all done it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's done this, where you annoy, today's the day, you need to get your air game on, and you're staring in the mirror, your hair's half wet because you just got <laughs> out the shower. And it's like, today's the day, boyo. Today's the day. And this She's going to tell them month F off,
2: isn't Yeah, she? You know, she's like, you see her working in the gym, chasing that little mouse on her, like she's on a treadmill, yeah. which we've seen as a little gag before, how that she was works nice out. Nice
0: back. We got the cheetah and the sloth outside <laughs> of which we've seen many
2: times. It's just that today's the day I fixed my life pep talk that she's yeah. had to give herself because again, Bojack has just left her, kicked to the curb so cruelly. Um, she gets into work and finds out that um, Bojack isn't even with Vanessa Gecko anymore. She shredded... Bojack's contract in front of Gwyneth Paltrow to impress her. Um, as so, a power play. As a power player. So mm. we know that she's not beyond these underhanded tactics. Um, Mr. Weatherby is absolutely fine with this because he sees Bojack as an anchor really around Princess Carolyn's neck. I believe he refers to him as that Bojack houseman, that horse. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever his name Whatever is. Whatever his name is. Um, he says that the best agent in the building couldn't get him a job, which Princess Carolyn takes as a challenge. Mm -hmm. She says, well, the best agent in this building did get him a job yesterday. That's her. She believes that it is (laughs) her. What we get then is Princess Carolyn being given the challenge of getting BoJack a film by the end of the day and a gag where she's got all these contacts that she can call to try and get him a movie. There is a point where we see that. While she says, I'll take on the challenge to get him a film in a day, Mr. Witherspoon shouts out to his son, Charlie, to find out that the 100 photocopies the inept boob took of his tie has since been picked up by NBC for a sitcom. It's just... Hollywood, isn't it? I
0: I hate to say this is both wonderful and depressing as hell, this. It's a great gag. Yeah, it's a fantastic gag. Really, really good. But then when you put on the tones of all these little things that we've been presented so far about the world of Hollywood and men literally just falling their way into things because, hey, look, he
2: did a funny thing with his tie. <laughs> what a, oh God, what a moment. It's, we're told over, <laughs> again, one of the wonderful like cutaway frames that she's had to make over a hundred phone calls. The Bojack plays really well. Bojack Osman the show, plays really well with exposition. It knows that shows do it. And it can often be quite charmless how you hear one side of a phone call or how you work out what time period you're in. And Bojack always confronts this by doing it completely on the nose. Yes. So we hear what these directors think <laughs> of Bojack by Princess Carolyn's literal repetition of why they're saying, absolutely no, F off. So she says, what's that? I'm, you so, I'm is good? so glad you got this down. Good. What's that? You hate his goods? What's that? He's a talentless boob. What's that? You'll never work with Bojack Horseman again? You want him to die in an ass factory warehouse smothering to death under a pile of burning asses? <laughs> <laughs> that is a stupendous amount of detail, not only for the show to go in for us to enjoy that the curtain's getting pulled back, but on the idea that Bojack Horseman has done something so terrible <laughs> that this is what that director thinks. I like to think that that director is maybe a friend of Marisa Tomei yeah. and the day that he sneezed on her is the day because it matches up with the rule of three gag we had earlier in the episode. But even if not, Something has happened in the lives of Bojack Horseman and this director for that to be the fate that they wish upon him. Imagine what you'd have
0: to do to someone for them to scream (laughs) such a specific, specific thing down the phone in in pure fury at Bojack Horseman. I can only imagine who and what that whole thing was around.
2: It is, again, as well, um, a reminder of just what Princess Carolyn takes on by taking on Bojack, either taking him on romantically or Mm. taking him on professionally. Look... Well, to go back to the pilot, look at what he's been doing the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. He's just been burning bridges. He's just been alienating people. He's been abusing women. He's been abusing his privilege. It's all things that any rational, hardworking professional that Princess Carolyn is would just say, no, thanks. Now nah, cut me they would Just wash the hands <laughs> of it. But there is obviously so much rooted within their relationship that it, she, either out of stubbornness or out of pride or a little bit out of love, just wants to cling on to. She's obviously got a deep connection with Bojack whether she likes to admit it or not and
0: every time when we see her trying to be her strongest we find that it just creeps out of a crack somewhere. Mm. Every now and again we get a tiny little flash into it and it's both really nice and both really sad at the same time.
2: Well, how the episode sort of justifies her behavior is that ultimately it gives her the win. She um, she meets with director Cameron Crowe to pitch uh, a film called Suffra- a film based on the book Suffragette City, which is starring Kate Blanchett. We've learned earlier in the episode because Princess Carolyn is a goddamn professional she is. and knows her clients. She knows that Kate Blanchett's favorite book is Suffragette City. Cameron Crow loves the book too, loves the fact that Kate Blanchett would definitely sign on for it. In doing so, that obviously removes Kate Blanchett from anything Vanessa Gecko can do for her. So, Princess. Carolyn gets the big win here. You know, she's won the client back. She's won a film. Vanessa Gecko's in bother with uh, Mr. Weatherspoon because she's let everything slip. Kind of unawares because she didn't really realize who she was dealing with. Princess Carolyn's got a few tricks up her sleeve. She might not have the kids. She might not have the perfect life, but she still knows how to get done. And it's just nice to see her get that win. And I think that's how the show frames that all the battles are worth it because you get to win the war if you work hard enough. It's probably not as straightforward as that. And we see that even in winning the war, she there's an entire bigger war that she's losing with Hollywood every single day. Um, she calls Bojack Horseman, but as we sort of expressed earlier in the episode, he's just not interested anymore. Um, there's a really wonderful bit of direction in the show here because he's in his car. We're aware through an early point in the episode that he's gone to see Herb Kazaz. Mm. And then the <laughs> camera pulls back and Diane's in the passenger seat. We don't know why. We don't know how. Hopefully we'll find out soon. But there she is in the car. And Princess Carolyn asks, what happened in Malibu? And Bojack just replies, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. And Mm. that's a hard pill to swallow because Princess Carolyn has spent the last several hours trying to find something because Bojack matters. Bojack matters to her. His career matters to her. It was more than just getting a win over Vanessa Gecko. It was personal pride. It was professional pride. It was a sense of loyalty to Bojack. This really mattered, and in a split second, he's just reminded her that uh, nothing matters.
0: She, she did everything right. She did everything right. She went from having the worst day to having the best day by, you know, pure, through, whether it was through her love for him or through her love for her job or proving everybody wrong, she ultimately does everything right
2: mm. and is rewarded with nothing. Absolutely nothing. She um, she sends Laura home. It's a very, very late Laura assistant, who she's obviously got back now that Vanessa gecko is gone. um. Laura asks if she's going to go home herself, and she says, why would I? I've got nowhere to go. She stares out of her window from the office building. Oh, don't. I already feel it coming. She sees a billboard that says choose happiness, which is obviously what she intended to do with BoJack before he pied her off. Uh, She then looks at the beach, which is where they could have been, had she not been pied off. off. Um, And it just, she finds herself at her most depressed. And at that moment, her phone alarm goes off to say, happy birthday. Which, yet again, is the runner in BoJack. It is. When you think things can't get more depressing, you are told that it is that character's (laughs) birthday. It's your birthday. This is one of the darkest and yet most brilliant running gags in BoJack Horseman because now we've seen it with BoJack through flashbacks. We've seen it with, uh, I believe it was um, Diane. Yep. We've now seen it with Princess Carolyn. And Todd as well. And Todd. Awful things happening. And Bojack, actually. Yeah, Yeah, all things happening on characters' birthdays. It's almost like they can't take any more, and yet life throws them something, whether they want it or not. In this case, the robot then says, you are 40, Mm -hmm. which I think, as any normal person would do, would be a moment of introspection, would be a moment of possible celebration. It's a big, big birthday. It's a big number. It's Mm -hmm. a, a time when people stop and have a look back, but she is only to look forward out of this window into the emptiness, into the void even. Um it's not Princess Carolyn's happy ending just minutes after I've said the words, She's won the war. Even at this exact moment when Princess Carolyn's alarm goes off,
0: the heartbreak of it's her birthday, she's forty, and it means it must be at least midnight. She's worked till at least midnight because the clocks have changed and therefore it's her birthday. So what a what a wonderfully clever way to do that, but also like I think I've said this about three times now, wonderful and really terrible. (laughs) It's what you call, what was it, heartache and celebration, I believe you said at the start of all this.
2: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and ZepBound for those who qualify. I would be remiss, really. Uh, Todd, in this episode, as we discussed, is was uh, got the, got the Bourbon job completely by accident because Bojack just stormed off set drunk to find Princess Carolyn. Uh, becomes a diva instantly upon getting his first job in Hollywood, uh, but is hammered on set the entire time because he's been drinking he's the real Bourbon. Yep. Um, Princess Carolyn just about chivvies him back into getting the job done um, because she's going to get a 10% and stops him going out of control. Yep. And to sort of end the episode on Princess Carolyn, which is where we started, Huge, huge credit to Amy Sedaris, the voice actor oh, in this. She, wonderful. It's It shouldn't be said in, like, it, we probably haven't said this enough. We're doing a podcast on a talking horse show because not enough people appreciate that this is a show so far beyond what you might mm. think it is when you see the images or when yeah. you read the synopsis. And at no point, pretty much by the second episode, are you receiving the animals as animals? You're not even receiving them as cartoon characters. Nope. You have seen a hard-working woman in Hollywood Hollywood struggle with the ramifications of her life choices, struggle with the system rigged against her. And this is portrayed as well as any Oscar-worthy performance. You are just watching an actor portray a role, portray a character who is dying just to try and live. And it's phenomenal. It's an absolutely stunning vocal performance. We've given credit to Alison Bree for doing the same thing as Diane. And I know for a fact that Will Arnett's going to get a lot of love for Bojack as of the show course. goes on but this one was award season submission worthy for me from Amy Sedaris.
0: Which I find fascinating as well, that she never, ever, ever met any of the other cast members during the show's recording. You can't tell yeah. the chemistry
2: isn't there from people in the room. This is just such a good performance. and I think it's rather understated. Well, Arnett, of course, star of Arrested, but, uh, had to do an entire series where he worked away from actors and that was a, a criticism levied at that show that you mm-hmm. just felt it. You felt that there, there wasn't enough connection between yep. the characters. Never once, as you say, ever is that felt when you're watching BoJack.
0: Not even remotely stunning stuff, but I've got some more stunning stuff. Oh, for you, yes, Mike, please. please. Um, let's try and... I need some of these. I think we need some. One, I was going to say, there was, there was a lot of heavy undertones there. Mm. So let's go and find some less heavy stuff, shall we say. Mm. But still, plenty of undertones. Um, so let's go back to the very beginning, as we do. If you are just joining us for the first time, what are you doing here? And if you aren't, well, you know what happens when we get to here. We go back and find all of the hidden gags, all of the cheeky little Easter eggs that this show pops out. And believe you me, there are plenty We of need them. them. We do need them. Um, I should start off with, at the very beginning then, uh, when Bojack is in the middle of his drunken bender, and he obviously brings out his good friend, John Stamos. <laughs> Uh, which continues a bit of a trend here on poor Jack Austin where they will find actors specifically from American TV um, and just bring them into the spotlight. If they've been on say a sitcom or like a, a, probably a show that lots of people have seen mm. general hospital for John Stamos and many other things, of course, but that was the one that stood out to me uh, and it just felt like obviously this isn't John Stamos, but very interesting a bit like when we had the guy from uh, Will and Grace that they chose to put a spotlight on a few yeah. weeks ago. It, it the selection of these guys, I can almost see them in a room going, let's pick this guy this week and just <laughs> drop him in. We haven't heard from him in a while. Let's put him in there. We go to the bourbon advert mm. for Princess Carolyn. And I just love, this is one of the beginnings of something you'll learn with Princess Carolyn, the old tongue twister. Yes. The the artist for Guten Bourbon, And it is, of course, Guten Bourbon, the urban German bourbon, which nice. is a tongue twister in itself and put anybody on their backside. Uh, When we've been introduced to Lenny Turtle, Top, Princess Carolyn will get a phone call off him in this episode. Guess what his icon is, Michael, on the phone?
2: Oh, it's give me a, a shell, yeah.
0: It's a turtle shell <laughs> because he's a turtle. We move into the opening credits. Normally, we would probably try and breeze past these for time's sake, but we have now started to get some more changes that you will see yeah. on the titles. Now, for anybody who pays attention, you will notice throughout the show, never, ever, ever skip the credits Never. for BoJack Horseman. Michael Hamford skipped it for two seasons before I told him and he had an aneurysm.
2: <laughs> in this episode, watching credits back is really difficult. Yeah, it
0: is because you're not really interested that many times in a row, are you? That's quite a difficult I thing. I had to do it though. I had to do you it. I did. However, in this one, for anybody who was watching last week, you will notice that the D is now missing from the Hollywood sign in the background because, of course, as you will learn moving forward, this is Hollywood. We then move over to the Silver Spoon diner. We've seen it quite a few times. Lenny Turtletob the great character on this show, voiced by J.K. Simmons, who is does a fantastic job and just plays on all of the aspects of a turtle. So continuously walking at a very slow pace, <laughs> as you can imagine. He says, I'm in a hurry, so I'll make this snappy oh. <laughs> like a turtle. We've got the whole... There was a vibe from the, the Bourbon advert when Bojack first sets up. I really got a... Just a little observation. A, a vibe of Bill Murray in Lost in Translation. Yeah. Where he's Mr. Bob Harris and yes. he's doing that whole thing. It feels... Very similar to that. And if you take the tone of Lost in Translation, I feel like it applies to this situation quite well in general, actually. The name of the bourbon. The name of the exactly. exactly. Um, but we'll go back to the diner, of course. This was flitting between a phone call between the two. We see when Princess Carolyn is getting her order in the diner, she orders some milk. And of course, the waitress <laughs> is a cow. So she milks her own teat three times before giving her the glass and saying, there you go. And Princess <laughs> Carolyn's rather happy about all this. Then we get the beginning of uh, Lenny Turtletob's little running gag through the episode because he's a bit of a throwback. As you will learn, Lenny Turtletob is very old. (laughs) He's lived a life, hasn't he? (laughs) He's a turtle. And they do go for quite some time. The first of these is when he says, so the gags are, as I once said to a young Ed Bagley Sr., to a young Ed Bagley Mm Sr., I should point out, it ain't a deal till the deals are all done. Now, as you will find out if you are doing a bit of homework like we are, Ed Begley Sr. was, and as Wikipedia will tell you, as they're about to tell me about all of the future ones here, (laughs) uh, was an American actor of theatre, radio, film and television, notably from, he was born in 1901 and he would have passed away in 1970. So that's your first clue as to how old he must be (laughs) if Lenny Turtletop knows a young Ed Begley. (laughs) He then immediately goes on in the same conversation to say, I'll say to you what I said to a young Buster Keaton. What? (laughs) Because, of course, Buster Keaton star of silent films from back in the day. So just remember these as we go further on because Lenny Turtletop is ancient, everybody. Mm -hmm. Let's cut across to Vigor offices, of course, where Princess Carolyn works. And when we first see the opening here, it's all a bit mad. As you said, we've got a merger going on and there's been redundancies. There is a visual feast here. If Hemingway thought Paris was a movable feast, well, guess what, Michael? (laughs) Vigor offices is even more so. We get a nice combination here of the sort of subtle differences they can play between people and animals. So mm. we see a grasshopper slash a cricket who's running past with a bunch of papers. I didn't know if anybody could quite figure out what the gag was here, but it felt like there was something. I just couldn't quite get it. Ad However, Podcast Horseman. Add Podcast Horseman if you've got any ideas. However, you don't need to know what this one was because there was a slug who was just pouring salt on his own head <laughs> before he dissolved himself because, of course, that is the deal oh, when you're honestly. a slug. A wonderful little gag, that. Um, then there's a few little lovely tidbits to do with names here. First of all, we got two boxes. I love this gag. There's two boxes in the middle of the room, you will notice. One of them is a box that says David's stuff, who's obviously had to put all his rubbish, in a box. However, sat underneath that box is another box that says David's desk. <laughs> <laughs> because David obviously isn't that great of an employee, and his desk is indeed <laughs> a box. Wonderful stuff. However... I'll last one as well, before I move on to the door, the little cute names on doors. There's just a wolf running around in a suit chasing a man, and if that isn't the Wolf of Wall Street kind very of guy, nice. I good. don't know what is. Uh, there's a bunch of names on doors, which I thought were a bit interesting, so I did some digging. Mm-hmm. One of the names you'll see on one of the office doors is Rachel Roosh, who, if you do a bit of digging, you will find out that she is the Senior Vice President of Television at Bad Robot, of course, the ah, show involved with BoJack Jack sure The show. Uh, Network, there's hmm. a network, a company, yeah, I don't production know, a production company, company involved with Bojack Horseman. On another door in the background, you will see that there is a name for Slieza Flaberwalt, which anybody <laughs> who knows the creators of this show, obviously the production designer is, of course, Lisa Hannawalt. We've seen her name creep into a bunch of places. That is there for you to see. There are also two more, I think, on the other side. There's a name on one of them that says Joel Zadak, and that is actually Raphael Bob Waxberg's manager. Wow, which is noted Deep in cut. the wonderful book, The Art of the Art of the Horse, Bojack Horseman, The Art of the Horse, hmm. which is a fantastic read. Go and get that if you haven't yes. already. It's another Highest visual feast. And the last name I could find was Meredith Kaffel, which was on one of the other doors, and that is Lisa Hannibal's agent. So there wow. you go. So the amount of time I spent going at these is absolutely delightful. Now. He has a bunch of... So we you spoke before about the flashbacks that Bojack has. We get three... Three of them possibly my favorite flashbacks we'll get in this season. Mm. Uh, Bojack in various different situations where he said, I'm really pleased this thing happened because it made me realize that you're the one that I want essentially to Princess Carolyn. Um, the first one is... <laughs> the first one is Bojack... Actually, I don't know if I've done these in order, but there's a one... Bojack is in a, in a prison cell mm-hmm. and on the wall there's a game of Hangman, right? Now... You sure to have a look because on the wall, you'll see there's a already dead bunny who is the hangman <laughs> on, the, on, the, uh, on the image. And there's been a bunch of guesses for this. And it's a five-letter word with an E and a T. So that the E is the second letter and T is the fourth letter. Now, the summary we came to was this. Ironically, the word they were trying to get was death. Yeah. <laughs> quite possibly. Now, I may be wrong. If you think there's a better one, again, our podcast horseman yeah, to fill let those let gaps in. But you've already lost the letters Q, V, Z, uh, R... W-L-S-N-G. <laughs> so you're on you're on borrowed time as it speaks. Also, there's a great little thing. There's just a bunch of you know when whoever's in a cell just puts like the little numbers down and just yeah, a tally, the tally, a tally that only goes up to seven days. So mm. I don't think that little stint worked out for <laughs> whoever our friend writing on the wall was. But all of these flashbacks are great. There's a flashback to Bojack in an abortion clinic, uh, and just a bunch of good signage in that room. One of them is Planned Parenthood, <laughs> which is fantastic. There's also another sign that says. Grouper instead of Groupon for an abortion and Deluxe Bar Weekend only $60. Oh man. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> really, really tense stuff there. And there's another sign for the fight against other cancer because Michael there's a lot of horse, a lot of horses a lot of cows out there and they cows. get cancer too. Mm-hmm. And also the, the magazine that Bojack is reading is Preggers Weekly. <laughs> it's, the attention to detail is fantastic. We then find ourselves in Lenny Turtletop's office while he's on the phone to Princess Carolyn. For any uh, eagle-eyed viewers, you will notice a great big movie poster on the wall for the good, the bad, and the bugly. And, uh, and Clint Eastwood in this situation is a bug person, of course, instead of an actual person. Very nice. And we also get another one of our little gags. As I once said to a young Lionel Barrymore, yeah, shit. Eh. up. <laughs> and I said, we as again as Wikipedia will tell you, Lionel Barrymore was an American actor of stage, screen, and radio, as well as a film director. He was alive, eighteen seventy eight. Wow. He was born and passed away in nineteen fifty four. So Lenny is getting older by the minute.
2: <laughs> he know he knows all these people. older by the reference. Older like.
0: by the reference. I do love the world this builds with yeah. Lenny Tailtop. Uh, back in PC's office, obviously we have the the moment where she says, "I need to find a new director," and he says. Oh, you need to find my new director. Oh. She's gone. <laughs> <laughs> the gag here is, of course, Princess Carlin keeps leaving every time Bojack thinks he's doing a cute gag. Yeah. This is the first instance. There will be another that crops up shortly. Uh, back on the Guten Bourbon shoot, Todd is, this is when Todd has assumed the position and is sort of taking control. He's going a bit diva, he's gone a bit mad. Mm. And he says, and I'm definitely going to mess this up, but I really want to get it in the first take. So let's give it a shot. He says, I am determined to get the jargon of this German bourbon blurb in.
2: Oh, well
0: done. Oh, fantastic. Sensational. Very good. Wonderful writing here. Yeah, I'd love to know who does all these because they're sensational.
2: Imagine choosing to take on the challenge of scripting tongue twisters as a regular runner.
0: Unbelievable! Uh, This this is a running joke within within the show.
2: Nine times out of ten, it's
0: Princess Carolyn, a.k.a. Amy Sedaris, who has to do them all. So, I mean, it's not an easy task, that, is it? That was
2: not in the contract. (laughs) There was just popping like fools at Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL, without realising what that was unearthing for the remainder of the show's run.
0: Now, there's a great couple of gags in the Princess Carolyn's office, but I think I might save that one for later, shall we say, because it's too funny and it's, it's got some great heft to it. Um, but then, while uh, Princess Gecko is dealing with the birds who are trying to blackmail Bojack and her, indeed, she after the whole, she managed to talk them out of the room and they both leave, she says, send those guys a nice fruit and nut basket from me. <laughs> because even though she's a killer, she is also a good heart. And of course, what the birds love, they love a bit of fruit and nut. Uh, as we've noted, there the voice of Charlie Witherspoon is of course Raphael Bob Waxberg, which mm. continues to get funnier. The stupider his antics get throughout <laughs> this episode. Um, so we go back to the Gutenberg shoot again. This time, I think we're, I think we're actually technically we're in Bojack's house mm. now. When Todd is having a bit of a, a bit of a moment of crisis, you'll notice as well that Bojack's bed is still held up by a copy of Secretariat, as Brilliant. we've seen Brilliant. another crutch throughout this episode, and we get the big reveal, Michael. The Todd surname is Chavez, mm. And there's a nice little gag here about taking in stereotypes because Princess Carolyn kind of says, I just didn't think your surname
2: would be Chavez." Low level, imp- like implied racism about absolutely. the whole thing there, isn't yeah, there? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, in Elefante, when Bojack and Princess Carolyn are together, you'll notice the red wine is called Bellissimo because it's probably very nice. Mm. Um, and also we get another gag here where similar to Bojack in the office trying to do his nude-erector joke, he says, as Princess Carolyn says, she's going to go and wet her whiskers or whatever she's going to do. Bojack says, you scamper right back here, pussycat. You look at your reflection too long. You might just fall in love. Oh, she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> she's already walked off because who cares what Bojack's got to say? Uh, Herb Gazzas, when he phone when he phones Bojack Horseman, you'll see that his icon on the phone is a pencil and lined, like a pencil writing on lined paper because mm. the writer of the show, of yeah. course. Um, and then we get a couple of instances where we we'll get the, what are we doing gag between Bojack and Princess Carolyn, which is punctuated by a really sad one. So we get two in her office where he's like, Princess Carolyn, what are we doing? Yeah. Like trying to, be play- trying to be playful. And the last one, sadly, is when the outside of the restaurant and reality comes calling and Bojack says,
2: Princess Carolyn, what are we doing? I thought this like, was a remarkable bit of like joke writing mm. because the first two, what are we doing here? Was that insincere, trying to force himself to yeah. love somebody. And the last one couldn't have been more sincere as he was cutting the cord.
0: And he's not, he's completely not being himself there, is he? thats mm. We all know it's going to wear out. He's probably still drunk at that point. Yeah. And this is really the sharp I'm now sober and things have, have really turned quite nasty. Now, uh, speaking of turning nasty Princess Carolyn is the one who gets the rough shot of all this and she needs to give herself a pep talk so when looking in the mirror there's another visual feast for you to have within her bathroom cupboard the little toilet we she has she has a bunch of teeth <laughs> teeth um, like whitening things mm-hmm. called fang white strips <laughs> because they whiten fang <laughs> in 15 minutes there's also there's also hairball be gone Nice. in the cupboard there's glitter claws very good there is i think it says claw polish on the far side there <laughs> there's also catholic hairspray <laughs> which i thought was great fish oil capsules notable that she's eating them all and mm-hmm. uh, it's empty box and whisker oil because that's what you need on all good whiskers Michael. Good. a bunch of whisker oil and a couple of bottles of antidepressants probably in there somewhere but maybe mm-hmm. that's a, that's a one for a different time um, so when she does the, the pep talk, she is the last recipient of her pep talk. Throughout the episode, she gives one to Bojack, one, half a one to Todd, and finally the best one of all to herself. You will notice as well during the montage where she says she's a robot and she's a killer again, back to just do her job. As we mentioned, she's back in the gym and on the treadmill either side of her, you can see the cheetah running extremely fast again and the sloth who's just slowly idling on that yeah. treadmill as her legs dangle. Um, when Bojack's driving, really... Far- <laughs> He's driving away at this point. He's left Princess Carolyn. He just nearly hits an, I think it's an armadillo. Yes. That he nearly hits on the crossing, voiced by um, Alison Brie. Mm -hmm. And uh, the armadillo just like, it's panics and then retracts into its shell. (laughs) And I just thought that was such a wonderful bit. Rolls away. Wonderful bit of animal commentary as it rolls away and says,
2: asshole.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Back in Princess Carolyn's office. Now, for anybody who's been paying attention, I did mention that there was a picture of John Hamm, who was a pig, on the <laughs> wall of the offices there. Well, if you're paying attention, you'll notice that the picture of John Harm is now gone, replaced by a picture of a chicken. And the chicken is just called Christina Hendricks. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. Because. Just because. John Very and Christine Hendricks, anybody who doesn't know, of course, both stars of the show Mad Men, and just both worth having on your wall, I think. Very good. From
2: a photogenic perspective. Alison Breeze, Mad Men, of course. Of course, of course.
0: They're all, there's, of course, of course, my kingdom for a horse. <laughs> um, there is a couple of little ties, literal ties, with um, Charlie Witherspoon, who of course <laughs> accidentally takes pictures of his own tie and says, it looks like it's running if you flip them together. <laughs> really funny stuff. Um, And obviously by the end of that conversation, he's ended up getting his own show out of it. About
2: a running tie. About a running
0: tie. I don't really know. The ties that bide us, I guess. Uh, In Silver Spoon Diner, when Princess Carolyn meets Cameron Crow, she says, Cameron Crow is a crow. Or is he a crow, Michael? No, he's not. He's actually a raven. It's a twist Mm. on the gag. And she continues to try and make bird jokes, like, give him a call. (laughs) And he's like, again, actually that's something that a crow would do. And again, I'm a raven Unmoved by animal gags Completely He's heard it all hasn't he He's Cameron Crowe He's heard it all Also if you notice Just around the back of his shoulder There's a dog Who's at the restaurant Just eating a bunch of bones Out of a bowl (laughs) Just Always 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 switched on here Uh, And finally As we headed in To Princess Carolyn's office One last time She's on the phone To uh, Lenny Turtletop As Lenny Turtletop (laughs) says In one of the most ridiculous ones Of these gags As I said to Ed Porter At the premiere Of The Great Train Robbery Oh Ah, the train's coming right at me! <laughs> what the hell's going on? <laughs> which I thought was fantastic.
2: At which point is no real reference at, at to the conversation. It doesn't having. even matter
0: anymore. No. It's just ridiculous. But again, for anybody paying attention, check out on Wikipedia. You will see that Edwin S. Porter was, of course, an American film pioneer, most famous as a producer, director, studio manager, and cinematographer. And of course, his film was The Great Train, or one of many his many films, The Great Train Robbery. Very and nice. I think the last tiny little bit she says here. when she's on the phone to Bojack she says good news you're back in my stable (laughs) 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 which of course he's a horse for anybody who doesn't know well in terms of all the hidden gags and all the secrets in that episode and things you might have missed Hmm. and easter eggs and whatever the hell else you want to call those things that is it Michael Hamlet. but 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 hey, oh look at the face look at how excited you are but but as always at this point of the show I have to tell you Michael that guess what we've got what's that we've got one last thing and then i swear to god i'll shut up about this podcast forever oh you got me again friend, Got you, you got again, me again, but totally didn't get you <laughs> so as always we do at this point of the show we go back and find one thing that we hmm. maybe didn't have time to mention or perhaps didn't quite fit in with everything else now i technically owe
2: two you're in debt man. i am you're in, in debt.
0: debt i've been told this by me <laughs> by my, my notes it says don't forget to do a second one ironically i have one and i'm going to scramble for a second while you get your other so i'll go first unless i'm gonna end up treading on your toes i'm worried about it i think we're good you you sure yeah
2: confident confident
0: okay well i'm gonna go with the gag okay the funny gag that popped us both stupid in this episode the one that i didn't mention from the episode this was so unexpected i've seen this show so many times Mm. and it still got me like howling I think this is one of the
2: best jokes of the season.
0: It's brilliant. Basically, as you will have watched, Bojack is getting blackmailed by these two birds, and they turn up at the the offices of Vigor, and try to get money out of uh, Vanessa Gecko. She obviously talks them down. Uh, She basically says she's not going to pay them the money, because it would be a classy felony. She could put them away for four years, and they didn't have a permit, yada yada. (laughs) Also, she might try and blame them for the murder of Tupac (laughs) Shakur, which is obviously good enough she could do it. Somebody did it. Somebody had to do it. Well, the two of them get really panicked Really panic these two birds, and one of them tries to just flee the scene. So he's a bird, so of course he f- he goes for the window, flies towards the window at such a <laughs> pace, and just smashes, <laughs> smashes into the window like, like a, okay, all good birds do who have and he's absolutely out cold. <laughs> it happens so fast; it's such a jarring pop. It honestly. I've watched this show now five times. This is the first time I've really cottoned onto the joke. Mm. And I've watched it twice now in the space of so many days. And it just floored me. Much like the bird who goes out the window, it completely floored me. And he's dragged out by his mate in an unceremonious disaster of a blackmail. This is absolutely fantastic.
2: There's quite a lot of plot wrapped up in that moment. So you're quite disarmed by Vanessa Gecko's ability to just deal with this and take the problem off our laps, take it off Bojack's lap. Yep. And then you're watching the bird subsequently be disarmed and smash himself into a window. Unbelievable. It's quite a, it's a real, like it, I can't understate this when you're watching this back, you've been asked to invest in you this have. plot line. This is a big thing. And then she's just banded off completely
0: because she's she's good. This is a smoking gun that's going to go off and we know it is. Chekhov told us this has to go <laughs> off at some point. It doesn't. And then remarkably so, we end up in a situation where it's literal fight or flight and the bird <laughs> gets up and tries to fly out of the office and run away before he can get in any more trouble and just hits the window. I'm weak at the knees. Incredible for this moment, honestly. Absolutely incredible. Go on, then what you got for us? So this week?
2: mine was just, I thought in the arrangement of the episode, to mm. be honest, it was it may have come across in the review of it how it was hard to talk about Bojack without talking about Princess Carolyn. And it's hard to talk about Princess Carolyn without talking about Bojack, yes. Todd, and Vanessa Gecko. Mm. Um, rarely does the scene stay still. And that's a difference in I felt in the direction so far of this episode versus every other episode. You're left normally to linger on Bojack's troubled emotions or difficulties in his life, or they're very real. Ironic that it's a horse show yes. human feelings between characters. The conversations feel authentic mm. and real. They, you are left to deal with pregnant pauses or awkward silences because characters are speaking to one another as they would. However, Princess Carolyn is not afforded such privilege in her life as a busy agent that's trying to do everything. There's so many quick cuts. There's so many moving parts. Her life never stops, as we've alluded to. She's up at seven o'clock for meeting with Lenny Turtletop. She's still in the office at midnight, you know, when she's getting her last deal done. All the characters are constantly moving around. Nobody's ever sat still. And I just thought this entire episode, it felt like an instruction because it was trying to reflect to you, the viewer, how she has to live her entire life. Princess Carolyn's life as told to the viewers through an episode that was focused upon her, but never, ever settled upon her mm. because nothing in her life has ever settled. It was hard to write notes about. It was hard to yeah. talk about. It was hard to catch everything mm-hmm. as you did so brilliantly going through all those jokes and references because there was just so much. The density of it felt by design because that's her life. That's her diary. It's not something that you'd want to live yourself. You've, you felt like you could see what the day in the life of this busy agent powerhouse was,
0: and I didn't want it. It's I, pretty unpleasant. I, I didn't want it. There yeah. was too
2: much. It's, it's untenable. It's, it's untenable. She tells herself yeah. in the mirror uh, a lie because she can't
0: do it. It's physically impossible. Yeah. It's just as well she got the nine lives because, Christ, by this point, <laughs> she must have at least worked through eight or nine of them. She's on the verge. She's yeah. on the verge of being done because this that kind of hammers home the point as well that Vanessa Gecko is doing this juggling act where she tells her that she's doing so much more than what Princess Carolyn's doing. But mm. well, actually, when you watch what Princess Carolyn's doing, it's too much already. So yes. the dynamic here is that these women are overworked. They are probably underpaid to a certain extent. And they are completely being dismissed or like overruled by people who are less talented, less skilled, and just happen to be men. Which yeah. is a bit of a, a bit of a shame, really. Um, I do have another little thing to add to this, which I was joking. I obviously knew the whole time what I was gonna do. This is that, that, that one was, last thing. This this is the this is now my Second, one last thing, <laughs> and then I swear to God, I'll show you about this podcast forever because this is a little bit more of a deep dive, but I like it a lot. Um, we don't get any in this episode, Diane, at all, mm. until the very end. Yeah. Until the very, very end of the episode where she's in the car with Bojack. Uh, super dramatic. Super dramatic. A big reveal that they pull, They, they once again, and they do this where. The pullback is either often to reveal a joke because someone else is in the room or mm. it's to reveal something that makes it sadder. Yes. And you will notice this as the show goes on. But the thing that I picked up on here really is that constantly throughout this episode, Bojack is running away from things. He's running away from Diane, mm. which was the main thing. And he's using Princess Carolyn as a way to distract himself. And he's using Princess Carolyn and her life as a way to distract himself because there's so much of it going on. Yeah. And he tries to enforce his way into all of it. The thing though that really... Really struck me is that we, what have we said about Diane throughout this show? The entirety of the time we've been watching it is that Diane is reality. Diane is the true one constant throughout this show. She yeah. is Hollywood and Hollywood, everything around it is, is going mad. There's all these fakeness, all these lies, all these clever truths, people just being really not great people and trying it's to present insincere in isn't sincerity. It? the world, yeah. and And then, then you get Diane, who is literally the most sincere person in mm. the whole show. At this point and every time she's featured or she's on we get truth we get absolute truth and honesty and realism from her well mm. and in this moment when bojack realizes he gets the phone call from herb the call is reality call is essentially reality herb is snapping him out of this weird little fuzz he's been in whether it's alcohol related or just him trying to run away from his problems and actually bojack realizes it's time to go face reality again and who does he choose to go in the car with him to go mm. and face reality it's diane it's not princess carolyn who arguably could go and help him face it a million times better because she knows him so very well. He chooses Diane because throughout, again, when when the S hits the fan, this is what we get. We get Bojack will go back to Diane time and time again because she is the one true truth.
2: He can't even fake enthusiasm when Princess Carolyn rings. Nothing matters. No. She's got a film for him a huge matters. deal when he really needs yeah. one and he's saying nothing matters. He's not faking it. He's not being no. a Hollywood phony over the phone. Diana sat right next to him in the car. He would be exposing himself if he did because she knows, as you point out, she knows the truth. She kind of is the truth. She, is, she literally is the truth, I think, constantly yeah.
0: throughout this. But now, as far as I'm aware, now that <laughs> I've done my two, I'm out of your debt, by the way, for anybody who's counting. Yeah. I don't owe you nothing anymore. <laughs> I will say, because I, I've thought about this and before I forget it, because it seems like a really good idea, hmm. you know, for the birthday... Recurring birthday things that happen. Yeah, I feel like we should call that birthday bash because oh, I like that. It's I like that. birthdays, but it's like a bash over the head. Yeah, this is a conversation I should have saved for after the podcast. <laughs> but there you go. It's on record, everybody. It's now called the birthday bash. I so with that. enjoy that. Anyway, we've got that with the error count. We do. We've got quite a few little things going on. We're yeah. definitely going to forget some of them. Please <laughs> remind us of yeah, them. Yeah, and with- that ties in nicely, actually. Remind us them from. And you can, where can you remind us them? Well, you can remind us with them on podcast horseman at podcast horseman on social media you can find us on Twitter and Instagram I might as well just continue the show as we go mm. because thank you again to everybody who's already subscribed followed liked shared whatever you've done genuinely it's some of the best parts of our day actually getting little little messages from people basically saying they're enjoying the show or they've highlighting their favorite bits we've had a great time doing this so far we want that to continue this whole thing was meant to be about community and that is what we're aiming to continue so please continue to send us all of your favorite bits and bobs at podcast horseman we will continue to respond and in terms of social media that's me doing michael Hamlet. What about the podcast
2: side of things? The podcast themselves, as I always say, and thank you for always listening, being patient and putting up with me, please follow along on Spotify, <laughs> <laughs> subscribe on Apple Podcasts, listen on Acast, listen embedded in the tweets, and please leave us those five-star reviews if you are able. We do really appreciate them. You've heard this on every podcast you listen to, but the reason we all ask for these is because it helps us get seen in searches, it helps build a community that Adam Nicholas spoke about there. The more people that find it, the more people that can listen to us, the more people can talk about, listen to us, talk with us about this show. Show because we love to talk ourselves horse about the talking horse. Whoa. And thank you to this week's entrant in the Hollywood Talk of Fame for leaving us a five-star review. We'd like to thank Wheelman 007, who was neither shaken nor stirred when they <laughs> said they were they were excited for what is to come. And Very I can't good. wait to hear more of you guys. We really appreciate that, Wheelman 007. There will be a star on the Hollywood Talk of Fame coming to you via our socials at Podcast Horseman on Twitter and Instagram.
0: You know what it is? I can feel some real male bonding going on here. Oh, hey. Oh, I see, what hey, done there. You see what's happened there hey? because he's James Bond Michael 007 anyway <laughs> let's move swiftly on from that I will distract you all with the Netflix synopsis for next week's episode as we do just to sign off on and why would we come up with our own when they've already done it for us so next to. week will be season 1 episode 8 called The Telescope hmm. when he learns that his old friend from horsing around is dying Bojack tries to mend fences. Oh, that sounds like it's not gonna be a sad episode at
2: all. So we are immediately gonna find out why Bojack was so depressed when he took the call from we are I appreciate that. Me
0: too. We're gonna to get the payoff to the reality phone mm. call. Good stuff, fantastic stuff. Anyway, with that said, the only thing left to say between either of us is that I've been Adam Nicholas. I've been Michael Hamflett and this has been Podcast Horseman. <laughs>